Amen. All right, thank you so much. You may be seated. And Jesus, I thank you for the resurrection, for the life, that your human body rose out of the human grave and gives us human hope. And I pray that you will be with Eden as she shares a good news message with us today. Thank you that there is nothing that you leave us in the grave over. Amen. He is risen. He is risen. He is risen. Hallelujah. This is good news today, and I got more good news for you. This is going to be short. <laughs> I knew you would appreciate it. Um, you, there's um, communion both on that side and that side, um, right under the paintings, you can go to that at any point during the service, and um, it'll be up for a little while even after the service, which um, may also be appropriate after I've spoken. Um, I want to focus on the grave clothes this morning, and I'm going to just read our... Um, our gospel passage from the lectionary this morning, and it's from John 20, 1 to 16. Early on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb. It was still dark. She saw that the stone had been moved away from the entrance. So she ran to Simon Peter and another disciple, the one Jesus loved, and she said, they've taken the Lord out of the tomb. We don't know where they've put him. So Peter and the other disciples started out for the tomb. Both of them were running. The other disciple ran faster than Peter. Okay, time out for a second. I think it's kind of funny. This is the Gospel of John, and John is talking about him kind of in the third, himself in the third person, and he's bragging about the fact that he can run faster than Peter. <laughs> but he's just humble enough not to put his name on it. So, anyways... Um, he reached the tomb first. He bent over and looked in at the um, strips of linen lying there, but he did not go in. Then Simon Peter came along behind him, and he went straight into the tomb. He saw the strips of linen lying there. He also saw the funeral cloth that had been wrapped around Jesus' head. The cloth was still lying in its place. It was separate from the linen, and then the disciple who had reached the tomb first also went inside. He saw and believed. They still did not understand from Scripture that Jesus had to rise from the dead. And then the disciples went back to where they were staying. But Mary, Mary stood outside the tomb crying. As she cried, she bent over to look into the tomb, and she saw two angels dressed in white. They were seated where Jesus' body had been. One of, one of them was there where Jesus' head had been laid, the other where his feet had been placed. They asked her, Woman, why are you crying? They've taken away my Lord, she said. I don't know where they've put him. And then she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she didn't realize 
that it was Jesus. He asked her, woman, why are you crying? Who are you looking for? She thought he was the gardener. So she said, sir, did you carry him away? Tell me where you put him. I'll go and get him. And then Jesus said, Mary. And she turned toward him. And then she cried out in Aramaic language, Rabini, which means teacher. I love that story. Do you know what the angels didn't say to Mary? Fear not. Why? Why didn't they say that to her? They say it to everybody. Everybody's chicken when they see an angel. I'm just going to leave that with you. I don't have answers. So I'm just going to shoot really straight this morning and tell you what my point for this message is right from the start. And then you can get up and leave if you want, I guess, um, or get some more Pasca. <laughs> Jesus didn't come out of the tomb wearing his grave clothes. And in our resurrection, neither should we. Jesus was transformed so much that he wasn't recognizable immediately to one of his best friends. And what if we were transformed like that too? So as we focus on the grave clothes this morning, let's just take a minute to consider what the grave clothes Jesus was wearing represented. Those grave clothes represented death. Not just natural death, but humanity's alienation from everything, from God, from others, from creation, from ourselves, and from life. It's what Jesus called perishing and exactly what he came to undo. There are also things that we must die to in this life. Sometimes we go to that death willingly and fully engaged with a process. And sometimes we go unwillingly, kicking and screaming the whole way. Some of our dying is trauma at the hands of another person or a system or circumstances outside of our control. But what's common about all of these deaths is that it can leave us wearing grave clothes. If you received communion this morning, you will have seen a question to ponder while you were there. The stone has been rolled away from the tomb and Christ calls us to come forth. Is there anything that prevents you from coming out of the tomb? Give Jesus anything that gets in the way of you being fully alive. I'm not a particular fan of zombie movies, but I have to confess that I have probably lived a few years of my life not much more engaged than in a state of being a zombie. Some of that was because I had lost myself. I was so focused on the roles that I played in my life that all my value was wrapped up in what I did 
instead of understanding the value I held within. I was also quite wrapped up in shame, wearing it like a security blanket, when in fact it wasn't much more than a nasty rag that robbed me of having any security at all. These are the kind of grave clothes we might find ourselves wearing. But just becoming aware and identifying the grave clothes we wear isn't enough. Like Mary Magdalene, we need to have an encounter with Jesus. And in that moment, when Jesus called her by name, she understood who he was and also who she herself was. I had a very similar experience when I was in the middle of my unwrapping. It's about 10 years ago, or 20 years ago. Holy cow, that's a long time. <laughs> During a nine-month process where I began to discover why I was the way I was and who I truly was, there was no more poignant moment than the morning when I was listening and writing in my journal and Jesus called me by name. In that instance, I was sure that it was Jesus who had led me through that nine-month process, that it was Jesus who had given me my name, and that it was Jesus who loved me enough to walk beside me through it all. My understanding of God suddenly grew. The love of God was suddenly enormous and ever-expanding, and not just for me, but I was when I was being good, but that love was for me all of the time. I went from being alienated from myself and somewhat from God to understanding just how much I belong and how beloved I am. Does anything come to mind for you? You might be stuck in resentment or unforgiveness. You might be covered in accusation and judgment. You may feel unworthy or have been told you are. Today, of all days, let's encounter the risen and living Jesus in the very place that we feel most alienated. Consider what you identify your grave clothes as and where and when they started to wrap around you. Go there with Jesus in your heart, in your imagination, and as you encounter Jesus, watch how your grave clothes fall away. Isaiah 25 six to eight sheds light on exactly what was happening in the tomb that morning and this is what it says on mount zion the lord who rules over all will prepare a feast for all the nations the best and richest foods and the finest aged wines will be served on that mountain the Lord will destroy the veil of sadness that covers all the nations. 
the veil of sadness, the grave clothes, the shroud of death. He will destroy the gloom. Ah, do you feel it? That is spread over everyone. He will swallow up death forever. No longer are we alienated. Now we belong at the table with the best and the richest foods and the finest aged wines. The Lord and King will wipe away the tears from everyone's face. He will remove the shame of his people from the whole earth. The Lord has spoken. That's what was happening in there. That's why we celebrate today. If you want to be rid of those old ways, maybe some old labels, some wounds, and anything else that keeps you stuck in a tomb and alienated from life, please hear Jesus saying your name and releasing you from those rags. We've given you a strip of cloth this morning as you came in. Hopefully you all got one. If you are willing, I would invite you to bring that over to the communion table and leave it there with Jesus. And I acknowledge now that for some of us coming to church, especially on a Sunday like this, uh, can be difficult. And maybe there's stuff, words or songs or ways that kind of trigger you. We just want you to know that we know that that happens and we, we aren't trying to do it on purpose, but we recognize it's inevitable. But we care and it matters to us. And if you want to talk to someone or get some prayer or yell at someone or have a coffee or go for a walk, please just let us know. And by us, I'm saying me at this point. Um, it might require more, <laughs> depending on the, the results, but um, you, you don't have to carry that home alone. That's what I'm saying. So let's pray. Jesus, you are alive, and that changes everything for us. Thank you for removing the grave clothes from us and wiping the tears from our faces. You've swallowed death and given us an understanding of how much we belong and matter and just how much you love us. We are so grateful. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. We're going to sing in again. Yes. You guys, it is so great to have your kids in here with us. And the way that kids refuse to be stifled, thank God for them, honestly. Um, we're so glad to have them here with us this morning. So we are, we're going to sing through that last song again, but we're, we're just going to sing the chorus and the last verse and the chorus and just have a little bit of fun with it. Uh, if you want to stand, you are welcome, but as, as you would like. <clears throat> but we're going to start with... Uh, there ain't no grave, cause there ain't. 
Be released. Have an amazing week. Nice, 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 nice.